Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here with Sin City Steve and DJ Impact on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. And in 2020, during the coronavirus pandemic, a movement started online in the professional wrestling community under a hashtag speaking out. The movement included behaviors that paralleled those to the Me Too movement and including behaviors such as harassment, bullying, sexual misconduct, rape, inappropriate advances, and physical violence. And some of those people who were named included Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, Austin Theory, Darby Allen, Jim Cornette, Marty Skrill, Sammy Guevara, Will Ospreay, Dave Christ, Joey Ryan, and our guest today, Michael Elgin. Now, Michael reached out to us because he felt it was time to tell his story. Uh, we've been telling this over three parts, so hopefully you've listened to parts one and two, and this is part three here. Now, this is something we agreed to uh, do because um, none of us in the Vegas Bad Boys podcasting knew the actual story. We just knew that Michael was named in the Speaking Out movement, and he was released by Impact Wrestling, and we only got that knowledge from the wrestling news websites. So we're coming at this as a fresh take. This is the first time we're really hearing everything as well. Um, in all fairness, too, um, we, uh, if you were someone who did speak out against Michael during this movement, we extend an open invitation to you to tell your story on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting in the future. And with that, we want to welcome Michael for part three. And uh, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. All right. Um, you know, this this part, we're going to um, focus here on uh, your fiance, your ex-fiance, Alex. Um, so just to kind of give us an idea, how did you meet Alex? And um, at, at what point were you in your life between um, your marriage um, with um, mischief? Um, were you at the end of that um, when Alex came into your life or did you know her before um, your marriage was, um, you know, at that point where you guys were going to get uh, a separation or a divorce? We were already separated and in the proceedings of a divorce when I met Alex. Um, we had met online on Tinder and she'd actually worked at the gym I worked out at. Um never communicated before, you know, saw her here and there, but didn't communicate at all. Um, I'm kind of a head down in the gym and out the gym. So whether the people are working there or just working out there, I don't really communicate with anybody except, you know, maybe a guy I run into, we talk about working out or whatever. Um, I don't be, I'm not very social at the gym. I'm there to work and then I'm out to do whatever I got to do for the rest of the day. So we started communicating on Tinder. And as I said, this was after we were separated, myself and my ex-wife, Mischief, and we had already filed for divorce and were figuring out all the details of it when I met Alex. And when you first uh, met her, like, how did the relationship get started? What was the commonality that um, you guys found yourself um you know, liking each other and, and uh, wanting to spend time with each other? Uh, you know, first, before I go into this, I've taken a long time to say anything about what she said to me because I genuinely cared about her. Um, what sucks now is even though I got to 
give proof to the contrary of what she said. Um, if she was in a car accident down the road and called me that she needed help, I would probably help her. You know, she was somebody that I did genuinely care about, somebody that I introduced my son to because I had every intention of spending my life with this woman. Um, but anyway, we had our first date and went for a walk and it was just, you know, I think anybody who's in a serious relationship or met somebody that they felt was a true love of theirs, it just felt natural, you know, just walking and talking. It felt like it was with ease. Um, hanging out felt like it was with ease. And now looking back, you know, we covered with some other things, red flags. And I think I was so, you know, I met her like right after the stuff with impact went down. And I felt like I lost my place in life, you know? Um, I was a wrestler before I was anything else. You know, I, I was a wrestler before I was a husband. I was a wrestler before I was a father. Um, I'm referred to as people who don't know my name as that wrestler guy, which were in some of the texts that I released with Alex. You know, that was just my identity. And I think that I past I didn't look at the red flags because I was in a situation where even though there's red flags the good stuff felt amazing with her so we hung out like every day right away and there was things like you know she said oh I picture gym guys being like this and you're nothing like that and Sometimes I think about how you are with me and I wonder if somebody puts you up to hanging out with me or if you're hanging out with me for alternative motives and stuff like that. And right there, I should have seen like, man, this is going to be a problem if we're so early in our relationship and she's thinking of ways or reasons why I'm with you, not just because I enjoy spending time with you. And I don't know why I didn't, take those as red flags at the time. I mean, even in the text messages that I posted online and sent to you guys, you know, there was a situation where I was staying at her apartment before I found a new house. And every morning I would go to do my cardio. She would start at like 6am and I would go in at 7am or 8am. And I would just text, Hey, I'm on my way. Do you need anything? And one day she asked me to bring her coffee. And I had just walked down the stairs of the apartment to my car and said, I'll go back up and get it. But then when I got to her work, she called me an asshole for bringing her a coffee. And I was confused because why? And then she went to the story out. Any guy she was ever with, if they did something for her that was an inconvenience, she felt like she owed them something and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I asked you if you needed something. You know what I mean? Like it was just little things like that. And now that I'm looking back at it, it's like, fuck, I should have, I should have saw it for what it was at the time. And I didn't. And uh, I grew to really care for her. Um, I cared for her family. You know, her mom had a picture of my son at her house because that was going to be family to them now. And it was just, I mean, I wish that I could be talking about her under different circumstances. But unfortunately, what she said online, I have to dispute because I have evidence to the contrary of literally everything she's saying. 
and it sucks that we're at this position because if nobody's going to listen, my only, my only thing left to do is to sue her for defamation because I have all this proof and I don't want to put her through that. I know she's put money away for her retirement. And if I have to sue her, I'm going after damages, which means she's not going to have a retirement fund anymore. And that sucks to do to somebody that you once cared about, but this is my life. As I said, these accusations are out there and nobody's looking at the facts and it, it just sucks. But, um, I was generally enthralled by her and in love with her and thought that the sun rose out of her butt. You know, I just, I thought the world of her when we were together and uh, it sucks that the person that I thought I wanted to spend my life with is this person that has been online. And like I said, I should have seen it. She told me all these stories about her past, um, about abuse by people, about her trying to date a guy from the gym and him recording them having sex the first time they had sex. And she had to file a police report and get a ban from the gym. Talking about her dad cheating on her mom with girls her, her age when her mom had cancer. And that would be an issue where she would always check my phone. And I would end up giving her my passcode and say, anything you want to look at, go ahead. And she would check my phone daily. And she would tell me I'm checking this because of my past, because I dated all these guys and they used me, they cheated on me, my ex-girlfriend cheated on me and all these things. And it was just something I should have been more cautious about. But when you care for somebody, you want to try to help them get past those issues, even though you, you, you can't. You know, it's up to them. And I've realized that now. If somebody says, I'm so used to guys doing this, you want to be able to say, look, if you ever have an issue, you ever think of something, look at my phone, ask me questions. I'll try to help you the best I can. And unfortunately, that that's never going to happen because people have to love themselves and people have to get past these issues on themselves and there's nobody that can help them get past them. And I think that was something I should have realized much sooner. And I think going through the issues that I've went through and seeing a counselor and unfortunately having a stay in a mental health hospital and seeing a psychiatrist, I've learned that you have to love yourself and you have to be able to help yourself pass these issues or it's always going to be an issue in every relationship, whether it be friends or loved ones or whatever, to get past all this, you have to work on it yourself. And I unfortunately feel that maybe if everything she stated is true of her past, that she isn't fully worked past those things. And you, you said um, checking the phone and giving her the passcode. A um, couple interesting, you know, questions uh, that I had, you know, around the text that and messages that you shared with us. Um, the first is the frame. Um, what exactly happened with this poster that you were getting framed and this becoming a story oh. about? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I have a cardio room at my house, and I have an elliptical and a stepper. The stepper is out here now because I like to do it in the morning while watching my TV. But it used to be in my cardio room, and she had a spin bike in the room. So, you know what? 
since this is going to be video, right? I'll show you the room. So you can kind of get a grasp because that was the only way you understand. So this was my cardio room. So right here was the stepper. There's my supplements. There's my elliptical. In the middle here was her bike. Now, if you see this wall, see that poster? So my plan was to get her favorite movie, which was Natural Born Killers, in a movie frame with LED lights around it. So I was going to put that on the wall in here. So she had something in here as well, because as I said, she had her spin bike in here. I originally ordered it for Valentine's Day. It was late being made because I ordered it late. The guy I ordered it from Lance was going to Chicago to be with his fiance. He left the frame with his sister so I could pick it up from her. I was teaching wrestling class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesday, I believe, if I'm right, was the 15th of February. So I was getting it late, but I told her on Valentine's Day, there's another gift coming. Her, his sister texted me, when are you going to come pick it up? I said, I'm snowed in. I can't get my car out. My car and Alex's car were both stuck in our driveway because of snow. So I said, I will come pick it up tomorrow. She responded and it flashed on my phone. And Alex said, why aren't you answering that text? I go, is it that big of a deal? She goes, yeah. So I grabbed my phone and I showed it to her. And she goes, why are you going to meet this girl? And I said, I'm picking something up from her. Well, what are you picking up? So then I explained it to her. I showed her the picture of the, what I ordered. And I thought it was all fine. And this was something that she would then say that I was cheating on her because of that. So trying to buy somebody a frame for a poster. And that's how that story goes. Um, with that and, you know, <clears throat> with um, that idea of, um, you know, obviously I do not know her personally or know her history, but was there any reason that she would have had any expectations or thoughts that you could possibly be seeing, um, you know, any other women um, besides her? Or was that something that, um, you know, she shouldn't have had any worries about? From what she said to me, as I said, any issues we ever had revolving the thoughts of cheating would come down to her stating it was due to her past. So there was one time where I was going to Walmart early in the morning and she woke up kind of flustered. And I asked her if she was okay. She goes, yeah, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to Walmart. She asked if she could come. She came with me. When we got back, she apologized saying that she dated this guy who wouldn't find a job. And when he finally found a job at Walmart, he took all these extra shifts and he was taking these extra shifts because he was cheating on her with somebody that worked at Walmart. Then there was a time where she was out riding her bike because she didn't work out, but she loved her, her spin bike and she would take her bike out on trails around the house. And I said, hey, can you give me a 10 minute heads up when you're home? And she goes, I'm already home. And like the door slammed open and she ran into the bedroom and goes, what's going on? And I said, well, I was going to light candles for you because you've done it for me. And she goes, I'm so sorry. My ex Carla, she would text me telling me to give her a 15 minute heads up when I'm going to be home. And that's because she was cheating. And then another time she accused me of cheating because I actually had messages between me and Maria James on my phone. Nothing sexual, just 
talking about wrestling and actually talking about Alex, how happy I was and how amazing she was and all these things. And she would just get on my case about this. And again, she would say that, well, my dad would cheat on my mom all the time with girls my age. And she showed me messages that girls reaching out to her saying that they slept with her dad. And she said she wouldn't go to her dad's house during COVID because he had escorts over all the time. And she didn't know if they would, you know, wore masks or were vaccinated or whatever. So to me, every time she would accuse me and we would get to the bottom of the accusation, she would tell me it was due to her past. Now, I met her in July of 2020. So we're in the heat of COVID. So we didn't have traditional dates. We weren't going to the movies. We weren't going to bowling or food. We would sometimes sit on a patio. We would sometimes, you know, order food in. But I was literally with her 24-7 because I also wasn't wrestling at the time. So it wasn't like I was traveling all over the place. The only places I would go were to the gym where she worked at for a good part of a relationship. And then when I started working out at the gym close to our new house, she would drive by on her way to work and leave notes on my car. So she knew where I was. She would sometimes show up to my wrestling class unannounced. So she knew where I was. So to me, I didn't give her any reason to think I was cheating or there was somebody else going on. Cause we literally spent every waking moment together. I mean, she would work mornings at the gym and I would go there and work out while she was working. And then when she quit the gym, she was a nanny, but since it was COVID, the people she nannied for worked from home. So she literally picked up the kid from school at like two 30 and would only work for two hours. And those two hours I would go work out and then we'd be home the same time together. So I don't feel I gave her a reason to think I was cheating. Now, there was times where there would be like, again, in the video I released and some of the messages I sent, she, I would get random text messages that seemed like they might be from escorts. But on iPhone, if an iPhone messages you, it will say, do you want to report this as junk because you don't communicate with that number? So I'd get all these kind of text messages and Snapchats promoting OnlyFans and all these kind of things. And she would ask about them and I would say, like, look, this stuff's coming through. It's not me. You can see I'm not responding. And at the time, she would say, okay, I understand. Can you block this number? And I would block every number that ever came through, but it was always different numbers. But those messages also came through while we were together at the house, and I would show her when they would come through. So I was very confused about any accusations of cheating because she would tell me the only reason she thought I was going to cheat was because of her past. And then if those messages ever came through, we were together. So it wasn't like I was out doing something. So as far as I know, the accusations from her towards me of cheating are because of her past. Those were her words. Other than that, I don't know. You just brought up a, one of those interesting things that caught my eye. And that was the idea of receiving these different messages from uh, escorts, etc. Um which is what seemed odd to me is it's not common for escorts to be just texting random numbers. Did you ever come to any conclusion or figure out why, you know, you were getting not only, um, you know, harassment on numbers, but Snapchat, Twitter, and IG as well, um, which is just kind of astounding, especially now that you said that her dad had, uh, experience with escorts, which that I, I didn't know at all from, you know, what you sent. Um, so that's a very just 
mind-opening thing um, to those of us who really have never had that experience of, you know, getting these random texts or messages. I really don't know how it, it wasn't always escorts. It was sometimes just random messages from what looked like fake accounts. I don't know that they were fake. I do know that I also got an email from somebody saying they saw my picture on dating websites, fetish websites, uh, kit groups, all this kind of things. So I don't know where they were coming from. I never got to the bottom of it. Uh, I changed my phone number. I deleted Snapchat. Uh, I changed all my privacy settings on everything. So once she, you know, probably the last couple months of a relationship, I wasn't getting any of these messages because I blocked everything and changed my number and stuff. So I don't know if somebody who had my number from the past and put it up somewhere. Obviously, somebody was using my pictures on these sites. And anytime I was sent screenshots of these sites, there were always pictures that I posted online. They were never a private picture I took and sent to somebody. It was something from my Instagram or my Twitter, whether it be workout or wrestling. I wish I could have got to the bottom of it. I wish I could have a definite answer to this person did this or, or this person said that or posted my phone number there. I know I was told once that my phone number was posted on an ad seeking escorts, which I believe was in the messages I sent you. It was somebody reaching out saying that they saw my number and I was looking for something or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how my number got out there, but unfortunately this happens. I mean, even when Caitlin accused me of sending that dick picture, which I've taken full blame for, um, somehow people got my ex-wife's number, even though we were split at the time and they were sending her dick pictures. So somehow people get numbers, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, I wish I had an answer for you, but I, I really don't. All I know is that I would show her when these messages would come through because they would come through while I was sitting with her. And just so everyone knows too, um, one of the texts that you did um, show us, send us, um, you actually texted back, um, you know, to try to find out who this person was and you said shit like this helped cost me the most amazing woman in the world i just want it to end um you know is is that something that really did kind of um fester in you just that fact that you know you're getting these messages you're showing her the messages and yet <laughs> There's almost, you know, there's no way to control if you're going to get more messages from, you know, any of these sources because of the fact that um, all this stuff is non-traceable nowadays. And, um, you know, I, I was so, it's weird because any accusation before Alex, even though it cost me things that I, I care about, I never put much thought into these accusations because I knew they were false. But when somebody I thought that I was going to share my life with, they were saying these things and making these accusations, you start to think, did I do anything that made her think this? And then you start thinking about it. And then you start almost punishing yourself, wondering, like, did this actually happen? And until 
I mean, I'm sure we'll get there, but until she tried to go after me again, I didn't even look at our text that I posted because I didn't want to see pictures of her. I didn't want to remember anything about her because I was genuinely heartbroken and thinking like, I know I didn't do the things she said, but you start thinking like, is there anything that I did that made her think that was what was happening? And you're going through your head and you're wondering like, did I do anything? Well, this happened and that happened. Could I have prevented it? Could I have done it differently? What could I have done? And it's just like, you don't know until, as I said, until I, the last month and a half, when I picked up that old phone and looked through the text messages, I was so worried that did I do anything that could have come across what she's saying? And then when you read these messages, which I gave to you and put up online, it's very clear that no, like I didn't do anything like that. You know, she's saying that I kept her away from her friends, but yet I'm telling her to hang out with her friends. I'm telling her, her to invite people over to the house that they can stay here if they're in town. And she's telling me she doesn't want to hang out with my friends because she's not comfortable around one of the guys. So like who's isolating who? And then she's saying, I, I made her perform sex acts, but yet there's a whole trace of text messages of her talking about that sex act, researching that sex act, saying she wants to be as good at that sex act, sex act as I am as good as a sex act towards her. And then she's saying that I would make her feel bad if we didn't have sex, but yet she's asking me to have sex. And I'm saying, aren't you sore? And she's saying, well, we'll just use extra lube because I'm horny. Like that's, directly conflict of what she said online and then i'm like holy fuck like i am not crazy i didn't even do anything to make this girl think that why is she saying these things for somebody who said they hated social media deleted all these social medias off her app and i shouldn't pay attention to the outrage of social media because she knows different which is in the text she says i know all these things are lies i'm not making this up it's all proof and maybe I shouldn't have posted her number, but I felt if I just posted Alex, people would say I'm faking the fucking text messages. So I put her number up so everybody knew they were coming from her because that was the only way to, to get the other side out. And people aren't even paying attention to that. They still think I'm an asshole. They still think I was arrested, which if you go online, St. Clair County, it shows you if I have a criminal history. It shows you if I've been charged, if anything has happened but nobody wants to pay attention to that. The supposed day I was supposedly arrested, I wasn't even in town. It's just like, but people don't want to investigate. They don't want to look at anything. And I'm literally putting out the exact opposite of what's being said. And the whole thing is, well, there's proof. What proof? I'm showing you proof to the contrary. You're listening to somebody's words. Anybody can say anything. And it's just wild to me because I literally went through nine months of text messages and found the exact opposite of what she's saying online. And as I said, I either, people either start looking at both sides of the story or I have to sue for defamation. And I don't want to do that because I don't want to put her through that. Her family's rich. And I know that they're probably going to help her pay anything. And I, I feel bad, but what am I supposed to do when my life's literally at stake here with somebody making these claims when I have proof that, the exact opposite is what happened. I wasn't allowed to have friends. She was scaring me talking about how upset she was about 
my dog, about her dad, about her friends being shitty, and me worried that she's going to harm herself, that I have to rush home. I mean, it's all in the text messages. But yeah, she's claiming all this stuff about me, and it's just... It's such a headache. And uh, along those lines, let me first say that in doing some research, um, Wikipedia does have up there, and I don't know if you're aware, but Wikipedia does say in July 2021, you were arrested arrested for violating the protection order. Um, Is that true or is that false? That is false. Now, I was taken into police custody. Somebody called a 5150 call. I was taken down to the police station. I was asked if I was going to harm myself or others. They took my picture. And when I asked why they're taking my picture, they said if they don't take a 5150 call seriously and somebody is hurts themselves or somebody else and they were called, they could be held liable. So from there, I was then sent to... Belleville Memorial East Hospital. And then from there, I was sent to East St. Louis, Granite City area to a mental health facility, which I put up all the documents. So yes, I was taken into custody. No, I never broke an order of protection, which we're going to talk about the order of protection too, because the only reason that was in place is very different than what was said. But anyway, no, that did not happen because if you break an order of protection, it is a misdemeanor, which goes on your file, which if you search my name, Aaron Froble, December 13th, 1986. You have my birthday. You have my name, F-R-O-B-E-L, St. Clair County. You can go on the website and you can search my name. You'll see one traffic violation from 2014, which I went and fought because somebody break checked. So, no, I was not arrested because if you were arrested, there would be court dates and there would be a misdemeanor charge. So, tell me. How easy is it to verify that? Yeah, and that just goes to prove, too, um, again, a lot of people rely on Wikipedia. So, you know, uh, again, anyone listening, please remember that when you're doing your research, when you're making an opinion, uh, don't necessarily just rely on what is there. You do have to do some research. Um, Along those lines... um, I did want to talk about that, uh, the wellness checkup and the protection order. Um, so I know in one of the texts it said, um, I think Alex stated something to the extent, I am so worried. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. I love him so much. And then she goes on to say she wanted to see a counselor and thought time apart would be good for you both. Yep. Did you guys ever seek counseling? So this is, see, this is exactly what happened. So on the weekend before she was going to go to Florida to see her friend slash sister, you know, they call her sister because they grew up together, was visiting her mom in Florida because she was about to move somewhere. She had searched my phone every day, and I finally searched her phone and her computer and found some messages and some pictures that I questioned her about. Now, those final two days, a Monday and the Tuesday of our relationship, I believe it was the 21st was the Tuesday when those texts to my mom that you're reading. Uh, you're talking about was sent, which also where she's claimed she, I know he will never physically hurt me, but yet she claimed that she was afraid I was going to hit her all the time. Right. But you know, regardless, 
um, we were fighting about a bunch of stuff, which was on me. Um, a lot of things that happened with wrestling that I can't really go into, which sent me in a downloads file, which is also covered in a lot of those texts. You know, a big uh, opportunity in Japan was uh, taken away from me. A lot of other opportunities were taken away from me. Um, and that was a rough patch for me. And then her always checking my phone and I finally checked her phone and her computer and I saw pictures and messages and we started arguing. Did I argue about stupid stuff in those couple days? Yes. On the Tuesday now, she moved out. She said she was going to go stay with her mom and she would like to go see a counselor. I first was reluctant to see a counselor. Unfortunately, um, I think maybe you guys might relate. As a guy, sometimes you're tentative about talking about your feelings and especially with somebody else. And I was reluctant. And then finally, I agreed to it. She went to Florida. Then she, I'm assuming, got drunk or something. Because then I got a wild text messages saying some shitty stuff towards me. And I stopped communicating with her. I didn't know if we were going to go see a counselor or not. But I went to see my own counselor on that Monday. So she left on a Tuesday night, went to Florida on a Thursday and was coming back that Sunday. I stopped texting her. I didn't try to show up to the airport. I didn't try to go to her mom's where she was staying. Nothing. I went to see a counselor on Monday, Tuesday morning. I sent her mom an email just saying, hey, I don't want to give this to Alex, but if she ever is interested, I'm seeing a counselor. She, I signed one of those papers that says my counselor could talk to her. Please let her know if she ever wants to know. Later that day, a sheriff showed up to my house with an order of protection. I read the order of protection. She's making some of the claims that she's made, you know, online. I know they're false, so I go get a lawyer. I don't necessarily want to go to court because I don't want to see her because I still have feelings for her. Her lawyer contacts my lawyer and says, look, let's just leave this order of protection in place for six months. And then after the six months, it'll be up. I agree to it because it makes sure that we don't have to go to court and be around each other. So I say, okay, to the six months. That's when she claims I tried to break. Are you still there? Sorry, I got to plug in my phone. Um, give me one second. Okay, so that's when she goes on about me breaking the order, which clearly I did not, or I would have been arrested and charged with a misdemeanor. This expired November 12th. The order of protection expired November 12th, and I didn't try to contact her. On November 18th, the sheriff showed up to my house again, saying that Alex tried to get another order of protection, but it was denied. But you have a court date on December 7th where you both can produce your evidence to see if it needs to be put in place or not. So now that's when I grabbed my old phone. That's when I started looking at the messages and going, fuck, I really didn't do anything she's claiming. Nothing I said or did could even been taken as that. So I send it all to my lawyer. We go to court. Alex does not show up. So now I've spent $5,000 on a lawyer to go to court that she didn't even show up for. So if I was such a menace, and I was going to harm her in any way, why would she not show up to court to make sure that it was another order of protection put in place? Or why would she have her lawyer contact my lawyer in the first one and not go to court? Because if you get 
if that goes through in court, that's a two-year thing. Like an order of protection is for two years. Her lawyer suggested leave it in place for six months so we don't have to communicate. That's the only reason I agreed to it. Now, when she tried the second one, she didn't even show up to court. And that's when I decided to fight because clearly if I'm going to court this time, she knows I'm bringing evidence to the contrary. And in front of a judge, it's going to be denied. And if it's denied, it even looks worse. So as soon as she didn't show up, I got all my info. I called another lawyer who deals with defamation. I sent him that stuff. He reviewed it all. said, I have a case. And I'm waiting to see if things can get rectified without going to court. If not, then I'm going to have to pay for that lawyer to fight all this. And that's what happened with all the order protection. The only reason the first one was put in place was because her lawyer contacted my lawyer, which is written on, on the thing that I posted online and sent to you guys. Let's leave it in place for six months and then we don't have to worry about it after. And when she tried to get a second one, it was denied and she didn't even show up to court. So if you were in such danger and such worry that somebody was going to do something, why wouldn't you show up to court and fight it? Um, and along those lines, uh, and some of the texts, uh, like she said, um, I think there was one text that she said she was willing to work on things, but couldn't move in Mac in right now because it wasn't a safe situation for me. Um, is there any, uh, also, uh, one text she stated, you called her 50 times. The night before, and she said you knew you wouldn't hurt her, but she said, but she did say what is going on is abuse. Uh, she also said she didn't use the word abuse because I know it only make him angry, but this is what the situation has become. Do you feel like you were abusive in any way, or she should have been in any fear in uh, any way at that time? I don't think that she was in any danger. I would have definitely never harmed her in any way. Were we arguing because of the pictures and stuff I found on her phone? Yes. Was that on me? 100%. And if she feels that was abusive, then I will even take that hit for those last day and a half that she was in the house. But that wasn't even through that. So we were texting on the Monday and I was asking her about those pictures and we were arguing about other stuff. I came home. She tried to talk about it. I didn't feel like talking about it at that time. And then the next day, it continued over text. And when I was home, she came home and grabbed her stuff. So we weren't even around each other that much for the last two days. Can I speak to how she felt about those arguments? I can't. All I can say is I know, and clearly she knows because she stated after the last time she saw me, she knew I would never hit her. I wasn't trying to control her. I wasn't telling her not to go anywhere. Did I call her a bunch when she left? Yes, I did. I was trying to talk to her. And should I have called so much? No, I didn't call 50 times. I did call quite a few times trying to get a hold of her and tell her that I did want to see a counselor because she was telling me she wanted to. And trying to work things out. I wasn't urging her to come home. I wasn't messaging any of her friends, asking them to talk to her. One of her friends, who I was also friends with, reached out. And I said that we were arguing. And I pushed her away. And I hoped that we could work it out. And that was it. I never threatened that I was going to commit suicide. 
she thought I was because I said, if this relationship isn't important enough for you to work on before you go to Florida, I will not be here when you get back. Never said I was going to kill myself. I never suggested that I was going to commit suicide. She had called cops to show up on a wellness check that whole week until she went to Florida. Um, as again, I can't speak to how she felt. All I know is I found messages and pictures on her phone. And yes, I started arguments about it. But in the same vein as she would check my phone every day. And if I had a normal message with a girl, she would get on my case and then apologize and say sorry for doing it because of her past. So, yes, we were arguing. I wasn't yelling. I wasn't anything. When she came in the house and grabbed her stuff, it's not like I tried to stop her from leaving. Nothing like that. Um, and as, as you can see, after the last time we spoke, she's texting my mom to say she knows I would never hit her. And even when she did her interviews online, she's like, well, he never damaged any property or hit anything or threatened to hit me, but I was afraid because of his size. And people are going to believe that because I'm a wrestler and usually I'm a bad guy. So I have to be violent on TV and a character, a persona. So people are going to believe that. And because I'm a big guy, it's automatically like, oh, he must be a dick because he's a big guy who works out and who's mean on TV. But she's saying the exact opposite, which is wild to me. So I, I said, I can't speak to how she felt with our arguments, but she would argue with me if she opened my phone and there was a bunch of nudes and messages with girls saying, talking about relationship stuff and sex stuff. Do you think um, in some ways the relationship um, was um, expediated, uh, you know, almost quickened up because of the fact that a lot of the relationship uh, took place during the, you know, the lockdown um, to where, um, it, you know, it's not normal situation, um, being around someone 24 seven. Do you think that just amongst some of that and amongst also the relationship being still a fresh relationship that, um, you really just couldn't see from your perspective, what was actually, you know, underneath that layer of the newness of the relationship and, and spending time, so much time with each other. Is, is it something that you think you should have now, looking back, realized that maybe there were moments that should have been out of the relationship? Um, or do you think, it, you know, you were 100% under the impression that everything was um, going fine? I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely thought that our relationship was strong. You know, there was times where she would say, we can work through anything as long as it's not cheating. And it's just, I, I definitely think that we got to know each other quicker because we spent so much time together. You know, um, I bought a new house and asked her to move in with me right away. And I was staying at her apartment pretty early because I was looking for a new house and, and still living with my ex. Um, so I definitely think that 
how close we got, how quick was definitely part of being in the midst of, of the pandemic. So a lot of our free time was spent with each other. I mean, all of our free time was spent with each other. And uh, it definitely sped up the process. And I think it also made me not realize some of the red flags on her end. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying that I didn't have red flags. I'm sure I did. You know, there's, like I said, there's some things that I don't have time for in my life that I've realized. And I'm vocal about that. Not in a mean way, but like I said, if somebody does something that I feel isn't conducive to the relationship or the betterment of both of our lives, I don't want any part of it. And I think I let some of that slide, you know, um, like talking about past abuse and past relationships and, and rehab and all the stuff she'd went through. Her expressing these to me, I thought maybe she was past all that. And then when any issue would come up and then she would then blame it on her past. I realize now, like maybe she wasn't over that. And th there's definitely stuff in my life I wasn't over either. So I definitely think it was like a 50-50 that there was some things that we both maybe should have recognized early on and maybe we wouldn't be in this situation now. But also it's hard to say things because when there's an accuser, they'll never say anything good. You know what I mean? But I mean, there's text messages where I've never felt like this. You're so sweet. You're so this, I can't believe this is happening, but nobody's ever going to say that when they're trying to make an accusation and make you look bad. So it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's so hard to reflect on because at one point, I legitimately wanted to spend my life with this woman. Um, she was going to be the stepmom to my son. I had introduced her to my ex-wife, introduced her to my son. We would FaceTime my parents because it was in the middle of the pandemic and they're still in Canada and they couldn't come meet her. I would go to Thanksgiving and Christmas with her family. You know what I mean? So this was somebody I really genuinely thought that I was going to have a life with and be with for good. And maybe I should have saw those red flags and felt comfortable being alone. But I, I don't know. I, just, I didn't have an outlet anymore. And I didn't have wrestling to be my escape from things. Because my whole life, if there was ever something that affected me in my life, whether it was a loss of a family member or loss of those young relationships or anything, my escape was, well, on Wednesday, this happened in my life. It doesn't matter because Thursday morning, I'm going to go and drive to Louisville to wrestle that night. And that's going to make me feel good. And I lost out on that. So maybe we were just around each other too much. Maybe we both thought we could find our happiness in somebody else and it broke down. And I mean, up until the last time I saw her, we were still communicating days after agreeing to go to counseling and work on our relationship because it mattered. Her mom was emailing me saying, I know you guys will get through this. So if I was such a monster and kept her away from her family, why is her mom emailing me in support of me and her daughter getting back together? If I'm such a bad person that keeps her from her fucking family. I just, it's crazy to me how somebody that, 
I thought wanted to spend their life with me and I wanted to spend my life with them can say these things when they're not true. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying we didn't have little arguments here and there. Of course. I mean, people that are around each other that much, but I was never saying leave the house or do this or do that. Never tried to force her to wear anything, do anything, not go anywhere, not eat anything, nothing like that. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm literally at a loss of words before I got the will to look through that old phone and be able to see the words we exchanged and pictures and all this stuff. And it's, just, it's crazy to me that somebody could say those things when they're clearly not true. And I wish that I had a for sure answer of how it broke down so bad or why it broke down so bad. But I'm, I'm at a loss for a lot of the things, honestly. As we kind of look to the future here, um, you know, this has all happened in less than two years. Um, what do you think you've learned from this experience of the last, you know, year and a half, two years? And um, what do you think you um, are looking forward to working on um, from having this experience happen in your life? I mean, I've already been working on it and, and not that people will pay attention or care. Um, but as I said, the Monday after we broke up, I went to see a counselor to myself because her saying we need to go to see a counselor made me think of things. And it brings up stuff from the past that you don't know has affected you. Um, you know, and I spoke briefly about it. There was a problem with a coach when I was younger and a high school teacher when I was in high school and relationships and all this stuff. But I always had an escape and losing that escape kind of made all those things hit at once. And that's something I've been working on. And I work on not putting myself in that situation. As I said, there is two parts of the story and I am at fault for putting myself in many of these situations. I'm at fault for sending a dick picture to a girl in 2016, even though it's very drastically different than what was expressed online. I do have my faults, but, the things that are preventing me from doing something that I love are not faults. They're not things that I did. And I really believe it all goes back to Mo is if she didn't lie about me, people would have at least looked into these because they weren't heavy accusations. I mean, even when impact announces that they're going to fire two people, but investigate what's said about me should show the drastic difference of these accusations. Now I'm not saying that, attempted sexual assault is okay but there's proof to dispute that that's why there was going to be an investigation into it sending a dick picture under different pretenses other than trying to hook up with somebody is also less than somebody being accused of assaulting multiple people and i feel like because of the social media and how wrestling websites want these clickbait stories, the real story of what's been accused and the real story of what's happened gets lost in the shuffle. So all the, all of a sudden it's a much greater story. As I said, the initial thing with Mo was a student sexual assaulted her and I covered it up, but somehow along the lines, 
it got to, I must have sexual assaulted her and that she was a wrestling student of mine. But none of these things were said and none of these things were ever even accused of me. But yet somehow it got to that point. So it's just, you know, a big game of telephone. By the time time goes on, the stories are exaggerated from what they even were when even the original story was false. So I've definitely learned a lot how to communicate with people and deal with people. I'm not so easy to communicate with anybody, even if it's a fan. You know, I, I, since I came back on Twitter, I get a bunch of DMs and people saying stuff. And I just say, thank you for the message. I don't feel like talking because I never want to put myself in that situation. And it sucks because it all goes back to that 11-year-old me. I want to be able to communicate with people who are fans of wrestling or fans of mine because what if they're having a shitty day? What if they're going through something and a word of encouragement or a conversation with somebody that they like watching or, or maybe look up to, that could maybe change their outlook on something. And now I'm afraid to even do that. I'm afraid to be with somebody again. You know, as wild as that sounds, people don't look at the other side of it. I was never afraid to get in a relationship with Alex after Caitlin and Lane said what they said or Jacqueline because I knew inherently they were false. Now, knowing what Alex has said publicly is false still scares me because she is somebody I spent genuine time with, somebody that I really cared about saying these things. What if I get in a relationship with somebody? I decide I don't any longer want to be in that relationship. And then they go online and say something because everybody's going to believe them. So if I have a girl that I was trying to date text me, which I have asking if I want to have sex. And I say, no, I don't feel like it because I'm afraid that if I do have sex, even though they're asking me to, they could go out and just say that I was forceful or did something wrong. Just like Alex. You know what I mean? As I said, I showed texts where there's two different occasions during these texts that I say, are you sure you're all right to have sex? And she's the one that says, no problem. I'll use more lube or I feel better now. I had to go poop. Like, so I know I didn't do anything forceful. And I know that when she ever felt like she didn't want to have sex, I was had no problem with it. How could somebody else react? And it's fucking terrifying. To be a 35-year-old male that's afraid to get in a relationship and have sex with somebody who wants to have sex with you because you're afraid if down the road you realize that that's not somebody that you want to spend time with anymore, they can just say something bad about you. And that's a scary fucking world to live in. And as I said, I'm not saying that everybody in a speaking out movement or everybody in the Me Too movement lied. I don't want anybody to think I'm saying that. But I am saying that, unfortunately, that does open up the window for people to either lie or drastically change the circumstances of the story to make you look as bad as possible. And it's happened in any movement. I mean, Black Lives Matter, very just movement. I understand it. I support it. I have many friends from high school that I played basketball with. That are people of color, many wrestlers that I've associated with and been friends with that are people of color. And even though that's a just movement, how many times did that turn to a riot? 
I'm not saying people that support Black Lives Matter rioted. I'm saying there's people out there that saw the opportunity to jump on these movements to start riots and loot places. They probably don't even actually support the movement. They just took advantage of it. And to think there's not people that would take advantage of these movements, whether it be for fame, money, attention, whatever, I think is a big disservice to the world because there's always going to be an outlier of people that take advantage of any situation possible. And Michael, do you feel you... (laughs) Just a quick question, man. Uh, Did you feel that you um, that you jumped on this fast enough? Yeah. Did you feel that you jumped on this fast enough? I mean, this came out. This was happening about a year and a half ago. Did you fight this right from the or are you just now beginning to make your rounds into um, into making your case? And if it's just now, you know, why such the distance in between where you're trying to figure things out and to where to go or were you fighting it from the beginning and we just didn't know? I was fighting it privately and I've realized that fighting it privately wasn't going to get myself anywhere. Gotcha. Um, There will be more to that story. Unfortunately, I can't cover it all right now. Um, If you guys want to speak off the record, not recording, I hope that I can clear up some of that, but I was trying desperately to, fight this and other means because I've learned that doing an interview, posting something on social media, even if it's the day after people are going to dispute what you're saying and still have their pitchforks. But then you go to the court of law and then you're even worse off for suing somebody who's making an accusation. So it really becomes a lose lose. And it's something that speaks out to me which I covered in one of my videos, you know, about the Cody thing. Again, not saying that Cody's a bad guy because anytime I've interacted with him, he's been great. But when Louie made accusations against him, everybody just jumped on Louie being crazy. And then throughout all these movements, I see like a girl, this one really stood out to me. And I hope you guys will understand where I'm coming from. She said, a guy told me at work that he was really worried about the speaking out movement. I asked him if he was worried about being accused of murder or being arrested for murder. And he said, no, I didn't murder anybody. And her reply was, well, if you didn't do anything, why are you worried about the speaking out movement? But if I'm accused of murder, I will get arrested and I'll have my day in court so that if I am innocent, I can prove that because a judge and a jury has to look at both sides of the evidence to prosecute on something like a murder. But in a situation like this, it doesn't matter. I mean, I have, court documents saying I was innocent of the original accusations during Me Too from Mo, and I was still getting shit for it up until the speaking up movement. So I tried not to do anything online. I tried to go through the means that I was provided to fight these things, and it wasn't fought for, and I decided instead of thinking about ending my life, I got to get my story out there, whether people are listening or not, at least there's a different side of this story. And if my son is 15 and hears a story about his dad being a wrestler and wants to look him up, he might see accusations, but he can see the other side and proof to that other side. As I said, if this isn't going to get me anywhere, 
I still have time to go after Alex and some other things to go with this. And if that's the route I have to take, I'm going to take that. Even if it only means years later, my son can look online and say, that sucks. My dad went through this, but at least he fought for himself. Yeah. I mean, that's a great perspective uh, to, um, to think about um, in terms of um, your future and especially your son's future. And um, the fact that all this is public and he's, you know, not even close to being old enough to grasp anything, uh, let alone to be going to school uh, and hearing things and, you know, things that come along with you and your family when you're in the public eyes. So um, we definitely appreciate your efforts to get this out there. Um, there's, there's no doubt that um, there's just so much that goes along with the internet and um, you know, the things that go out there. Um, it's, you know, it's something that we're very, appreciative of you talking, um, about this experience, um, and, um, you know, giving your perspective. Um, and now it's up to you, the listeners and viewers to decide what you think about Michael's story. Um, if you're willing to give him a chance, um, you know, again, before you make any decisions, um, take into consideration all accounts, uh, again, we extend any uh, invitation at any time to anyone who wants to come on and give their side of the story as well. We are, you know, absolutely open to that. But um, we want you to also be open to uh, hearing what Michael had to say. Um, I think it's important in general here, too, um, for anyone out there who might have any inclination that they've gone through something that they did not ask for. There are many routes to go and victimconnect.org is a great site to go to. Um, hopefully, you know, you can find the resources and, um, you know, ultimately uh, all us Vegas bad boys and, and all, I hope humans would, um, just want people to uh, not be affected by anything that they feel uncomfortable by and know that there's help out there. Um, and this is nothing, uh, not a, a judgment against Michael, not a judgment against any of the accusers. Um, just something that I think is a resource that um, people should know that is available um, for whatever the problem might be that you think there might not be a solution. There are people willing to listen. So please know that, um, especially with um, suicide prevention as well, because uh, again, it's another important aspect to realize when people are starting to think about suicide. Um, there are people out there to reach out to, and there is help out there. And um, it goes, you know, it, it goes, Without being said that the, the biggest thing that we want to see is just people being able to live peaceful, happy, healthy lives. So um, please, everyone listening and viewing, please 
take that into consideration. Uh, Michael, we'll give you the last word if uh, you'd like to say anything else before we wrap up. You know, I, I just want to say first, thank you for giving me a platform. Um, you guys might get shit for it, and I'm sure I will get shit. I get shit for everything done and said. Um, but genuinely, I- I'm glad you brought up, you know, those resources. And of course, there's a million resources out there for people. I am not against any of these movements, and I don't want it to ever come across like that. I'm against people who are using this movement in a poor choice, a a poor way of trying to retaliate against somebody for whatever it may be, or to get a little bit of notoriety or whatever it is. Because the effects it has on people is a lot. Like, I don't think people understand I really felt like the only way people were going to listen to me is if I had ended my own life. And that's a scary thought. And I just, between that and everything that goes on, we have to worry about everything. And I just think that there should be investigation, a real investigation to a lot of these claims, because sometimes it's not, as black and white or as cut and dry as people want to believe it is. It's really not. And can there be miscommunication between people and can there be things taken out of context or things just strictly lied about? It happens all the time. You can have a bad interaction with somebody and it can just be an oil and water situation where the two people don't connect the same and don't think the same. And, a bad situation isn't necessarily what it's then produced to be in social media. And like I said, I'm not perfect. Was there, did I have faults in my relationship with Alex? 100%. Was I ever abusive? Was I ever trying to force her to do something? No, never. Like I lived with a woman for seven years as, as a married couple and she'd never made any claims. So why is somebody that I lived with for seven years never say that I tried to hit her or force her to do anything, but yet people I spend very little time with can just use my name to get a little bit of whatever they want or desire from. You can think I'm an asshole. You can think I'm a bad wrestler or whatever, but at least give both sides of a story a look at because nothing is as cut and dry as people think it is. And it just sucks that these situations happen. And I will go as far to say that if anybody that I've spoke about today, if anything, any interaction I had with them, they felt like it was something else. They could have talked to me because like I said, if Caitlin Diamond had ever said anything about this dick picture prior to the speaking out movement, even though I already said, sorry, in 2016, after it happened, if she had said, Hey, this still bugs me. We could have communicated about it because I didn't even know which you can see from the messages in 2020, what she was referring to at the time. And clearly when it happened, I felt bad about it. I would have never apologized because it wasn't like it was public in 2016. So I didn't apologize because I was getting shit online for it. I apologized because it was out of line of me and I shouldn't have done it. Same with Lane. I never touched her, never tried to touch her. Should I have said, hey, want to have sex in front of people? No. But again, I'd been around her after that situation. I've been to her house for house parties after that situation. 
Never once did she tell everybody at the party that I tried to do something. Never once did she try to ask me about that situation or tell me her side of what she was saying. Communication goes a long way. And if these people had ever come to me and talked to me privately, I don't think this any would have happened because anytime I was around Lane after 2010, when she, when this supposedly happened, what she accused me of, I was around her multiple times after that, like on multiple occasions, whether it be a show she went to, or she invited the Detroit crew when I was in Detroit to her house for a house party. Never was there an issue. So communication is key. I just hope that people take more care into what they say online because the outrage I see of Ty Conti going off of Twitter because of the stuff that's been happening towards her online and the people showing support being like, why are you pushing her off Twitter? Why can't she come back? Let's hear what she has to say. I think should happen with all accusations. Of course, there's a limit and if people have multiple allegations, we have to maybe take them more seriously and, you know, but look at Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. At least they had a day in court that if they had been innocent, they could have proved it. But in movements like this, I'm glad that people like that who are generally using their position in the world, their money or their power to take advantage of people are paying the consequences for it. I would have much rather any of these people accuse me to the police and take me to court because then I could have fought this. 100%. I wish that I had actually been arrested for breaking an order of protection and we had a court date because I know some wrestling reporter would have tried to get the transcripts and then I could have fought this publicly, but I'm not given that platform. And then if I sue somebody to fight it publicly, you become even more of an asshole. I just want a fair grounds for all situations. And I hope that people will look into everything and you can still think I'm an asshole after for whatever it is, but not the things that are being said, because I've put out proof with their own words too, not just me saying things. I was very, very cautious of being like, I'm not just going to tell my story because if I do, people are going to debate it. So I posted their own words to show them the different side of this. But nobody wants to pay attention. It's just, why would you do that? Why did you do that? I hope these people come after you. Well, how are they going to come after me if I'm using their own words? Definitely. I, I can't say, well, this person said this. Look, there's their words. And I can't be sued for that. But if somebody lies, they can be sued. But then if I sue, you're an asshole. It's just, it's a lose-lose. I just want people to look at both sides of the story. And then make a determination because this I'm 35 and wrestled for 20 years professionally. That's over half my life. This is the only way I know how to make a living. And if you Google Michael Elgin, my real name comes up. So don't tell me the you just need to step away from wrestling and go get a job. What other fucking job can I make the amount of money? Six figures a year after I've spent since I was 14 in this business to make a living. You're hurting my son. You're hurting me. And you can think I'm an asshole. You can think I'm a bad wrestler, but don't accuse me of things I would never do. That's what bugs me about all this. Stuff. 
And there you guys have it. Um, again, Michael, thank you very much for telling your story. Uh, we appreciate it. Again, if you're listening, please um, take everything that you've heard into consideration uh, before you make any judgments and um, let uh, let your own wisdom and your own um, research uh, be your guide in, in figuring things out before you jump to any conclusions. Um, it's very important in this day and age that uh, people are given a fair chance. And that's all we can ask of each other is to at least give each other chances. With that being said, uh, thank you all for tuning in. And um, Steve, uh, Cincy, Steve, DJ Impact, and myself, we, again, thank you all from the bottom of our heart for uh, tuning in. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. 